As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. The Phil Hay Show. Hello, welcome to the Phil Hayes Show. It's brought to you by The Athletic, along with us a lot from The Square Ball. Dan here from The Square Ball. Phil's here from The Athletic. Subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com forward slash Leeds pod. New Year's pricing is on there if you follow our URL. And and Phil, Monday edition of the show, we go twice weekly for the next month or so. This is the it's the post-mortem slot as of today, isn't it? We were saying just before we started recording that, do we have to? Do we have to come in and talk, yeah. about, talk about the stuff that we've been talking about for the last 48 hours? Well, that's how it feels. We'll talk about this so that you don't have to. Yes. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. It was such a big game. Saturdays, it really was, and I don't think you can overstate the importance of, of that and Southampton back to back. It was always going to be potentially season defining, and there was so much out of Goodison Park that was such a concern. I felt on Saturday, the club feel like they've completely lost the way at this stage, and and the team that's that's been left behind by Jesse Marsh, the the, the squad that's there. I came to the point of thinking on Saturday, there are good players here. There are good players in this squad. There's there's no doubt about that. But they simply are not a good team. You know, it, it hasn't been it hasn't been built with the individual building blocks of individual players into a good unit, a good effective team who know what they're doing, know how they should be playing. But I think more to the point, have confidence in that way of, of playing and, and and confidence that it's it's gonna work for them. I mean, it, it, obviously Marsh is gone and we've got Michael Skubala as caretaker at the moment, which I think is another issue altogether and another problem. Not Skubala per se, you know, I don't think it's, it's him who's the problem, but I think the presence of a caretaker in these circumstances is is not a good thing. But there were traits in the performance at Goodison Park that really reflected what had been going on under Jesse Marsh, which was more than anything, I thought, the struggle to make anything of the good positions that Leeds got into, of which they they had some, the, the struggle to look truly dangerous and to, to look like a proper threat going forward. You know, it's not a case of Leeds never having the ball, never having possession, not being able to get into areas where they, where they could hurt other teams. But they don't. They're just not coached to do that. You know, they're not coached to do it in a way that works more often than not. And I think in the end, Saturday kind of went exactly as, as I felt beforehand it, it might go, that it would be very tight, it would be very cagey. It was extraordinarily low on quality. I mean, it was a terrible, terrible game. But Everton had the better, better of it. And I 
I've never quite been able to work out if wanting a result more is really a thing, if it's really a factor. And and people who are focused heavily on data and everything else prefer to look at numbers than they, they do emotion. But I did just think that the Evan fought for it more. I thought I, I thought there was more in their performance. There was more aggression and, and physicality. I thought Dukuri in their midfield was about the only player who seemed to be showing any sign of being able to control the play or, or dictate it. And it felt as if it was flowing towards an Everton win from, you know, a fairly early stage of, of the first half. And I don't think Leeds deserved anything from the game. They haven't got anything from the game. The 19th in the table and they are in deep, deep trouble. I would recommend people have a look at your article, your match review of this one, Phil. Uh, and the headline alone gives the game away that you, you see responsibility for this squarely in the lap of the people at the top at Ellen Road. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can fully exonerate the players. And, and it has to be said that Saturday was a day where you needed really big performances. And I'm not sure that Leeds got one individually from, from any of the players on the pitch. Not big enough, not influential enough. But this, to me, as time goes on, seems to be more an, an accumulation of decisions which haven't worked, decisions which have, have gone wrong. I guess votes of confidence or displays of faith in, in people that, that haven't been merited. and. When you start to piece together why Leeds are where they are, and and I think it's quite no, notable that you know almost on exactly the same weekend, Bielsa lost at Goodison Park. And there was a lot of concern after that game about where things were going. The form was not good. Leeds were not playing particularly well. They'd been comprehensively beaten over at, at Goodison. But he, you know, at that point, he was leaving Goodison with twenty three points from twenty three games. At this stage. It's 19 points from 23 games. So they've, they've somehow conspired in the space of 12 months to be in an even worse state than they were back then. And again, for what it's worth, I think the squad is better now than it was a year ago. I, I absolutely think it is. But that hasn't translated into a team that, that you can trust or have faith in to, to keep them in this division. So you start to look at what's gone on since then. And I think more than anything else, this rests on the decision to, to go with Jesse Marsh as head coach, I think, because that hasn't worked. It didn't work. It was allowed to go on to the point where Leeds were in, you know, early part of February by the time they were trying to, to replace him, trying to find somebody else to, um, to pick this up. And over the past fortnight, it's become very apparent that they haven't been able to get the coaches that they, they had their eyes on, you know, the replacements that they thought would come in. They haven't been able to get Ariola. They haven't been able to get Arna Slot. They've, in the end, found themselves in a corner where they've had to go with Skubala as caretaker. And you cannot pretend that 19th place in the table in mid-February with a caretaker in charge is the optimum scenario. I mean, it just absolutely isn't. And it, it had me thinking over the weekend that it's well, one thing having a good plan, it's one thing having a good plan on paper, but it's a completely different thing having a plan that actually works. And that, I think, has been the problem over the past 12 months, if not slightly longer. You know, you can almost apply this to Bielsa's last season as well. That The theory behind it and the ideas behind it did not click, and you know, and this season have certainly not clicked. And as a result, they, they are where they are. And I think that the most worrying thing about the table, aside from Leeds you know, basically being in 19th, is the thought of how many points need to come now in order for them to stay up this season. It's a, it's a really big ask. And there hasn't been a huge amount in the form to this point that suggests they can do it. Well, the good news on that front is you only need to get one more point or even goal difference better than the third worst team, Phil. So maybe we're at the point now where we just have to uh, dispense with points targets and just look at it purely in table terms and think if we can get 17th, then it's been a hell of a, hell of a result. Well, you asked me last week, how does Skubala 
uh, approach this? What does he have to do? And and I said that I don't see anything he can do apart from manage game to game. You know, take one game, deal with it, move on from that, take the next. And that's certainly how it is this week. They they've got to beat Southampton. They've got to win that game. We'll wait over the next few days to see whether Leeds blink, whether there's any movement, whether they, you know, they they decide having having told themselves that Scubala would have Everton in Southampton. I mean, that was that was clear. They didn't commit to a fixed timescale and, and didn't appoint him to the end of the season when they announced him last week. But the intention was absolutely for him to have both of these games. And the the intention was that if these two games went well, then you know, in ideal circumstances, he would take them through to the end of the season. He would keep them up and he would give them the opportunity in the summer, which is a far better time of year to be trying to recruit a permanent head coach, the opportunity to to run that process again and and hopefully to to get who it was that that they wanted. But if it was to go badly against Southampton this weekend, I see no way in which they can persist with the caretaker setup unless they're wanting to to you know kind of portray the message of look we're a little bit resigned to our fate here you know you you need to see some action you need to see some fight I know from looking at the the reaction to Saturday's game amongst the the supporters there are a lot of people who want to see a, a, I guess a more proven um, appointment made now if not you know long term certainly to the the end of the season. And it must be on the club's mind. I mean, it, it's it's a bit. It was a big risk giving it to Skibala. I think it made more sense than giving it to somebody like Schroeder because the the reaction to Alfred Schroeder as an option and a possibility to come in um, on an interim basis was incredibly negative um, and a, a bad point to start at. But I don't think you could say that Skibala, while he might have been a better alternative to Schroeder, I don't think he's a better alternative to an actual serious appointment as a head coach. Are we suggesting that that Schroeder wouldn't have been? Because there'd be one or two people would say, based on what they saw this weekend, that we should have gone with Schroeder. Uh, well, uh, Schroeder, without any doubt, has a deeper managerial record than Skubala has, you know, and, and a deeper coaching record at, at a higher level. But I think it would be rewriting history slightly to pretend that there were many, if any, voices out there last weekend after the Manchester United game, which were given the impression that Schroeder would have been welcome here. And, and I think that there would have been very much the same reaction had it gone badly wrong at Goodison Park, if not worse. Had it been Schroeder in place, they'd lost that game on Saturday. You know, the response to that would not have been in, in any way positive. And I think Schroeder would have been helped even less by the fact that, that you know there was so much negativity to the, the idea of him coming in. It's all kind of moot, though, on the basis that they did lose at Goodison and, and lost a game that, that they needed points from. And I do think, you know, to, Sean Dyche was talking afterwards about players taking ownership of situations, you know, players in, in difficult situations deciding that they're going to help a club out of it, that they're going to get a club out of it. And that feels like where we're at now, that that this is going to have to come from the squad. The squad are going to have to find a way to fashion a decent number of results before the end of the season. And, you know, it's, it's perfectly obvious the position they're in. There's, there's kind of no dressing this up and there's no disguising the amount of danger now. They they really are at you know, real risk of going down. If you had to apply one word to it and ask this because I've got a word in mind because uh, I've been trying to think of how, how do you describe what's happened to Leeds over the last 12 months? And the one word I saw over the weekend was drift. And it just feels like it's just drifted and drifted and drifted and drifted to the point where we're almost off the road now. Yeah, and, and the drift, you know, you, you can drift sometimes without any really grave consequences but the the drift at Leeds has led to decline um i think it's led to 
a decline in certainty about where they're going, a decline in certainty about what's going to work and, and what isn't going to work. And I do think, with hindsight, they'll regret the the amount of time that they allowed Marsh's reign to, to go on. If, if they weren't sticking with him to the end of the season, which in the end they haven't, it seems to me that it was a decision that had to, to come earlier because, OK, they played well at the points in January, February. There were periods in games where they, they looked better than the results they were getting. But there wasn't a huge amount of difference between what we saw on this side of the World Cup to what we saw on, on the, the previous side of it, you know, before the, the World Cup started. And I sort of said, you know, that kind of moment of clarity must surely have come when, when Marsh left of how much of this season has gone and, and how few points have been taken from it. Again, to you know, to, to talk about rewriting history, I think it's easy to say this now and definitely talking with the benefit of, of hindsight. But even last season, I, I still don't feel that the you know, the football and the games and the results and the performances that took Leeds to survival on the last day, I don't think it was a huge endorsement of Marsh's football. I, I think it was an endorsement of his ability to hold the dressing room together because it was, you know, th- that could easily have splintered badly, could easily have fallen apart in that period. And it, it's, you know, it's definite feather in his cap keeping the club up. But it did feel at times as if it, it could easily have tipped the other way. And I still maintain that if Burnley win on the last day of the season, Leeds go down, That's that was the... That was the scenario. So it is a decision that they've got wrong. There's there's no question about that. And at this stage, they have very little time to put it right in a way which is going to keep them up. What is it strategically do you think that they've got wrong? Because despite my best efforts to kind of not think about this at all over the weekend, and I disengaged from it fully on Sunday, just tried to spend time with the kids, you know, playing on FIFA, winning kicks a ball around in the field, all that. Yeah. Stay, just stay off Twitter as much as possible. Couldn't help but have a, a think about it, take a step back. And I wonder if... Um, have Leeds at times been guilty of sacrificing the short term in a bid to put in long-term projects? And I, and I think, for example, like Jorginho Ruta, record signing, looks like a really, really good prospect. But to be honest, we've had nothing from him so far. And when you're spending 30, 35 million pounds on a player at the level we're at, you kind of want an instant impact, don't you? And I, and I wonder at 20 years old, if maybe he is one more for the future. And is that symbolic of of an approach that's that's taken hold at Leeds at times where it's always been with what's coming further down the road, players for resale, developing players, and they've sometimes forgotten to take care of the here and now or maybe not given it the attention it needs. I think that's probably true. There's there's an aspect of that, although I, I still feel that some of the, the recruitment has been good. And I think when you get into players, it, it's easy to say that about Ruter and Nonto and others, although Nonto's impact has been you know far more than I think any of us expected this season. But players like... Rocker and Adams and McKenney and Verber, for example, should be experienced enough and ready enough to, to make an impact. And some of them definitely have. You know, I, I think Tyler Adams has probably had about as good a season as anyone at Leeds without anybody, probably none to accepted, you know, having a, a really sort of out, outstanding year. I'm always left with the sense that the one thing that they haven't been able to do and the one thing that looking back now, perhaps they never really knew how to handle was the move from Bielsa to the next era. That has been a, a huge challenge and a huge struggle to positively move on from that, to go from such a such a productive and I guess like emotionally rewarding era up until season four, okay, but the you know the, the previous three seasons really, really emotionally rewarding in so many ways. To move on from that and to find another happy place you know it doesn't have to be as good it doesn't have to be as as rewarding in that sense realistically 
expecting that is probably a bit too much because of how good and, and how sensational at his best Bielsa was, you know, and, and, and his football was. But it, it's all, it feels a little bit to me like being stuck in limbo, you know, not being able to or, or not knowing how to to step away from that era into something else that rewards you in, in different ways, you know, and, and still gives people a, a sense of, of satisfaction. And without a doubt, the, the Marsh era wasn't it. You know, it, it didn't work. It hasn't worked. The club concluded themselves that, that it wasn't working. And I still think they, they are left reaching and, and clawing for the next, you know, the next good thing. Perhaps you could say in the end, moving on from Bielsa was always going to be impossible unless it happened in an absolutely perfect way um, and, and ideal circumstances. Perhaps moving on from from him specifically was always going to be too much of a challenge, but it it hasn't been handled well. It hasn't gone well since then. And it's way beyond the point, I feel now, where anything that went on under Bielsa can really be attributed or applied to, to where they are now. The team, more and more, looks completely different. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Do you think it was impossible to move on from Bielsa, or do you think they just made the wrong choice? Because we were courting yeah. Jesse Marsh, I say we, Victor Otto was speaking to Jesse Marsh for, what was it, upwards of, of two years. Um, so even when Bielsa was in place, and he, he was seen as the, as the long-term replacement, he was sold to us as the, as the, nat- well, no, this, as the natural heir to the throne. Is it not just a, a failure of management? Well, that's this was the, the point at the start of the podcast, really, that, that there are decisions which have caught up with them. And, and that is that is absolutely one of them. You know, the, there is a world of head coaches out there. And the, what Bielsa was creating over those three years made Leeds incredibly attractive. So in the period where you're courting somebody like Marsh, you, you would assume that there are others who you could have courted in, in much the same way, who, who might have delivered with far more in the way of spectacular results. So yeah, to my mind, it, it was a, a poor choice, a bad choice, a choice that, that hasn't clearly worked. But I think you probably have to accept as well the, the, the transition in any circumstances was going to be tough and, and was always, always going to be dependent on what came next, clicking very quickly, impressing very quickly, feeding people in the same way as Bielsa had been able to feed them for so long. You know, they, they, the appetite for his football was vast and he was able to, you know, he was able to meet it and service it for, for such a long period of time. At this stage, the, the dissatisfaction of everybody is is apparent. And I think, again, you know, to, to take a look at the players, what you had for so long with Bielsa was a team which seemed to, okay, defensively in the Premier League, never great, but a team who seemed set up to play in a way that they understood, a way that they liked, a way that worked for them for a, for a long period of time. I don't feel that this squad, even if there are good players in it, and I think there are good players in it, I don't feel that there's a framework there that's working for them. I don't see a plan, to be honest. Um, I know uh, the, the Red Bull manual is kind of, it's predicated on chaos, isn't it? And, and, Part of what Marsh was trying to do was was this chaotic style of football. 
um, you know, forcing the ball through the middle, lots of turnovers of possession and so on and so forth. So it's it's chaotic by design, that style of football. And we've not yet seen anything since then to suggest that we've got a proper alternative. And maybe, maybe that's down to the inexperience of the management team or a lack of time to implement it, which I guess is always going to be a problem mid-season. But they don't look like a team that has a an idea of how to score goals. No, and I have to say, it's in no way can you apply the blame for this to, to Skibala at all. I mean, we made the point last week, though, that there's a difference, I think, between being given two games in five days and, and told, look, we just need you to grab the reins for these because we've lost our you know, head coach is gone and, and we need to get our ducks in a row. The difference between that and being told, look, you're now going to have Everton and Southampton and actually we need results. You know, We need results and, and we need this to, to go well. The pressure definitely increases. But it didn't seem overly realistic to me that Skubala would be able to completely redraw this team or, or to change things in a big way tactically. And I don't think to a great extent he has. Um, I, I, I think there were some of the same failings or shortcomings at Goodison Park that we'd seen earlier in the season. But that's kind of inevitable as far as I'm concerned. I don't think you can, without a, you know, without a completely fresh broom, new broom, somebody who can come in and, I, I guess, implement a completely different plan in a very, very short period of time, how much can you you actually change it? But somebody's going to have to find a way of changing it because the results have to change. And, and if overriding feeling at the end of the game at Goodison was that, Performances like that are only going to end in Leeds going one way. In terms of the goal as well, he meant it, didn't he? Are we going to say he meant it? Looked like he meant it. I think he did. I think he meant to have a go from there. I don't think Millie needed to be so far off his line given that there was really nobody threatening the box at that point. And it was kind of that kind of that moment that sums up the season in, in a lot of ways. It shouldn't have really happened that. It looked like the ball was beyond Coleman. It looked like he couldn't score from there. He's managed to find tiny fraction to squeeze it in it was kind of easily easily avoidable I think but they deserved it they had the better chances they had more of the game they pushed the game they they were more aggressive than Leeds they kind of made it happen I felt like their performance was kind of in the spirit of you know how you get out of traditionally how you get out of trouble in the Premier League in England you know in, in relegation battles relegation fights that's how teams tend to play and that's how it, it tends to work for them and without a doubt, there's an optimism level now at Goodison Park, which is is you know not not replicated or not matched at Ellen Road. Felt to me like we saw, as you say there, Phil, like the same old problems of not being able to uh, get through a team that's, that sits deep and is is far more structured. Whereas it's the teams that have been a bit more expansive, like you saw against Man United. It, it was kind of a, a repetition of what we've seen earlier in the season, wasn't it? As you mentioned just there, a bit more pitch to play in, so we looked better. Whereas Everton denied yeah. us that space and we didn't have any ideas to to break that down. And again, you know, I thought against Manchester United, man for man, Leeds matched up pretty well. You know, really well for an hour at Old Trafford, pretty well for the best part of 75, 80 minutes at Ellen Road. And so I, I don't think individually that's where the, the, the problem lies. I mean, it didn't help on Saturday that nobody had a particularly good game. You know, there was no no real standout outperformer at all um, among the 11 who started or the players who came came off the bench. I think what what Daesh will certainly understand is that at this stage and and in in the position that Everton are in, you're not going to get any points for style. Nobody turning up to Goodison Park is going to be looking for style over substance. You know, you can feel it in the crowd there. They just wanted a result on Saturday and the result was enough for them, even though I thought it was generally a dreadful game. You know, the the quality levels were so low. They really were. And, And it just had, you know, it had like, 
the last match of the day slot written all over it for for about an hour. And it, it felt like two teams who were anxious, you know, nervous, who knew how knew that they, they needed something from it. But it's evident they've managed to get something from it. That's a really big result for them. And as I say, I mean, Leeds Le- Le- just have to beat Southampton this weekend. Is there anything on the jungle drums then? Half 10 Monday morning as we speak right now. Any signs that the club will actually do something? Are they going to move? Um, it feels like, you know, particularly when you look at what happened with Schroeder, they were very reactive. So would you put it past them to be reactive to what's happened at the weekend? No, I wouldn't put it past them at all. I, I think those conversations will have to be going on and they will have to think very seriously. You know, today, tomorrow, with, in, in good time, before the weekend, does this fall to Skibala? Do they give it to somebody else? Do they try to get in somebody who would actually look like an look like a head coach, look like an interim manager, as opposed to somebody who is definitely a caretaker promoted from the the under twenty ones? I mean, as I say, if Skibala was in charge for Saturday and it didn't go well, it strikes you as very difficult, stroke impossible for the experiment to go beyond that point. You know, I, I, I'm not sure how you would sell it to anybody as a as a good idea, you know, or something that was likely to to keep you up. So I, I suspect there'll be a lot of conversations going on at the moment um, and it will be really interesting to see where things go this week. Feels to me like you were saying then about um, it being an impossible job to, to follow Bielsa. Maybe it needed to just somebody of equal gravitas rather than somebody who's trying to prove their chops again as it was with Marsh. Because I look at, the, at Leeds as a club at the minute and it feels like there's been a bit of a loss of control in that people don't really have a great deal of faith, I think, broadly speaking, in Andrea Radrizzani because everything barring Bielsa hasn't been great, has it? And, you know, appointment of, of Schroeder, you see Victor Orta being, should we say, very expressive in the director's box. And Bielsa gave you that, he gave you that steady hand on the tiller, the sense of control, the sense of gravitas. Does it, it need somebody to come in and be that steady hand on the tiller, perhaps? I think it does. You, you worry that it that it's almost too late, and I don't mean that there aren't enough games and there aren't enough points to to pick up. And and while you know somebody could easily make enough of an impact um, to 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 have Leeds finish seventeenth or to finish above the bottom three, you, you tend to find that a team who's struggled for most of the season don't suddenly explode into this you know in, incredible side who who rattle off results. But it can be done, and I you know my gut feeling is that the, the likelihood of that happening is higher with a, a coach who has a kind of proven track record and, and background in frontline management than it is with, with somebody like Scubala. As I say, you know, the, the, the problem with Schroeder, as I saw it, was the, the reaction to him before he was even in the door. That doesn't point to a healthy environment or an environment where anybody is is likely to thrive. But yeah, I, I think I think you're right about Bielsa. I mean, the, the, his last season was, was obviously a mess and, and things broke down between him and the boardroom. The relationship was not great. And... I guess at this time last year, they both felt like it was the the point of no return. But but prior to that, yeah, he did have a lot of gravitas, and he was able to to control the narrative, I suppose, even without really meaning to, because that wasn't kind of how he he operated. You know, it, it always looked like a club that up until the end of season three, always looked like a club who knew where they were going and knew what they were trying to do and had direction and, and had ideas. He also brought a self-assuredness to the, to the club, didn't he? And I think, he did. He did. And I think that kind of... And it also benefited the, the the boardroom, but with the removal of Bielsa, it feels like that's fallen away again. Well, and, and oh, you know, you spoke there about the, the loss of faith. The loss of faith builds through periods where problems and concerns and worries aren't kind of addressed. So... They barely scraped um, survival last season. They did, but it was incredibly tight and incredibly narrow. And you only have to look back at the the reaction, the celebrations 
at the end of that Brentford game to see how on edge everybody was, you know, and, and how how much of a, a surprise it almost was that, that Leeds have managed to get themselves out of that situation. But it hasn't improved since then. And and to use your word, drift, you know, the more you drift, the more dissatisfied people become, the more you decline, the more concerned people become. And I think from a, the perspective of a, a football club's board, it becomes more and more difficult to convince people that you're in control when you evidently aren't. You know, you, if you're sitting in, in 19th in mid-February with a caretaker manager, in no way have you got that situation under control. And if the evidence of the, you know, the previous 12 months or whatever else suggests that you haven't really known what to do in that period either, then you, you're asking a lot for people to have faith that this is going to sort itself out. Do you think they'll do something this week? Do you think they'll put somebody in, in your opinion? I do, I do wonder. I do wonder. I th- I think the um I think the Everton result, uh, without any doubt, has put a lot of pressure on the the Skibala, um experiment and and the idea that he can carry this forward, it, it, as ever it was it did last week and and it has it right from the point where Marsh was sacked. It will depend on who is out there, what they can do, who the the options are. But I think sitting here now, it would surprise me a little bit if they were content or or willing to go through this week without without any action. Well, there you go, Phil. That was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> the, the Monday morning bloodletting. It's hard work, isn't it? Sometimes talking about Leeds when they when they get into this uh, into this mood. It is, and it's difficult to offer people anything. You know, I, I suspect what we are saying and talking about will be the discussions they've been having over the past forty eight hours. So they're really listening to what's already um, already in their head. But it's going to be it's going to be a major week for the club. This major week, major major game coming up, and the you know I think everybody inside the Inside the four walls, we'll know that they have to deliver. Interesting to see what um, Saturday brings in terms of atmosphere and what it will take for the crowd to turn. I suspect not much. I think it's a crowd that is quite clearly, even the away end, as we always say, is a good barometer of uh, of where the general uh, Leeds fan base is at. Um, and you, you saw it on Saturday at Goodison. I dare say it'll be uh, it'll be more vociferous at Ellen Road at the weekend. There always comes a point where positivity has to come from results. It can't be the other way around. The crowd at Ellen Road, I honestly feel more often than not, are incredibly supportive. I felt that right the way through the, the period where things were going wrong for Bielsa, although I think there was a, a, any you know quite obvious reason for that, the, the credit he had in the bank. But I don't get the feeling that a crowd often turns up at Ellen Road with the intention of venting. I think everybody goes in through the turnstiles and in through the gates, hoping that things will go well. But um, there is unrest at the moment. There is dissent. There has been for a little while. You know, there, there has been really going back to to the Leicester game away that when when Marsh first faced that criticism, it's been on and off since then. It's not like it's been like that at, at every single match, but it's been there and it's been it's been kind of waiting to to come out. And I don't think it's unreasonable. Nineteenth against twentieth. I don't think it's unreasonable for people to go to Ellen Road um, with expectation and you know an element of pressure on the players um, to deliver so let's finish on a positive note and say that there are 15 games left there are still plenty of points to play for it isn't necessarily over just because it because it feels bleak following the Everton no, no. game no and we've still got I think is I saw a start over the weekend seven of the bottom nine still to play so if we can find a way to win and uh, then maybe maybe just maybe they've got enough in them to um to see us over the line and who knows if you know a manager does come in in the next week or so and and the narrative starts to shift again well, I think that's the point, though, isn't it? it? It's not going to sort itself out. That's probably the, the fairest way to, to put this. Just just expecting it to suddenly pick up and, and to suddenly turn around would be a blind strategy. But there are ways of improving this. There are ways of, of making it better. There are definitely players who can be utilised to, to be impactful 
um, in the games that that are left. But it it does need action. Hopefully, brighter days ahead. Phil, thanks for uh, for having a chat with us this morning. We'll reconvene you and I, and we'll bring Michael along towards the back end of the week, and we'll uh, we'll preview the Southampton game. All right, enjoy your Monday. Thank you. Yeah, we will return towards the back end of the week at the Phil Hay Show on Twitter if you want to say hello and theathletic.com forward slash leads pod to sign up for the uh, the February offer on The Athletic to read all Phil's writings. We'll speak to you towards the back end of the week. The Phil Hay Show.